Awesome, awesome. Yeah, man, what's going on? Uh, nothing much. I just came back from a track meet. Cool, how was that? Uh, we did pretty good. We, we won, so that's good. You won, yeah, so you did good. <laughs> yeah, that, that injury indicated it's good. Yeah, man, that's so cool. Um, man, so I think I'm going to try to, like, record this, too. I think it'll be cool. Okay, sweet. All right, um... I hope it works. Yeah, I hope it works too. Record on this computer, record on the cloud. Let's record on the computer, I guess. Or record on the cloud. I don't know. Anyway, this is a super unprofessional way to start. <laughs> um, anyway, man. Dude, it's awesome. I love your hair. Looking, Thank you. Looking yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I guess... Uh, yeah, so this is my friend Bodhi, and um, if you're listening, um, there was a, an episode a while back called um, Shoshani, and that was um, actually the name that Bodhi gave me on the day I met him, and then obviously later that night he shared with me that his name was Bodhi, and I had been wanting him to be on the show for a while, and um, or like the podcast for a while, because I just felt like his story is so amazing, and so powerful and just really communicates the love of God and and how like very small small acts of kindness can go really really far um especially nowadays in this like season where it's like really political and like you know that we're finding reasons to not talk to each other um acts of kindness can go so far and um and that's what I want to encourage you to you know what I mean like like to be bold to step into courage to be kind um so this is who dares wins thank you so much and my guest today is bodhi colway is that how you say your last name uh yes awesome awesome cool cool um so uh yeah if you could just like maybe like introduce yourself a little bit and then we'll get back we'll go back into the old the the narrative from last year and then we'll catch up to now and then like when you came back to the city and that whole I feel like that's what we really should like hone in on and then if you want to you can talk about what you're up to now and that'll, that'll be it <laughs> yeah yeah cool. um, well I'm Bodie Coley um, I'm from Massachusetts uh, Weymouth which is a bit south of Boston about like a 20 minute drive from Boston and um, I'm a senior in high school uh, I'm an artist, and yeah. <laughs> cool, cool. Um, yeah, obviously. Um, man, is that what? Is, what painting is that behind you? That looks so cool. The oh, one with the waves. One? Yeah. Yeah, that's um uh, a Japanese print. Um, my friend gave me a couple years ago for my birthday. Wow, it's amazing. Yeah, it's like a whirlpool. Um, I forget the name of the artist, but he's he's very good. Yeah, I feel like it's I feel like it's telling in into um just like what I've what I've learned about you and like our friendship. Um just like how like there's a storm, but it's like beautiful. It almost seems like peace within a storm, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think um I think sometimes you don't realize how how um crazy, you know, if if things feel like a big wave or storm when you're in it but if you you know zoom out you realize it's it's more of a 
it all makes sense in a way. Wow. Yeah, that's really cool. It's really cool. Um, so let me uh let me say. All right, man. It's been so long. Like it's. Uh, um. Let me change. This is such a this is a glare on these glasses. Anyway, I want you to be able to see my eyes. Um, <laughs> sounds like weird. Anyway, um, yeah. So it's been so long. I'm I'm like such a procrastinator. Um, it's like God will put something on my heart and I'm like, that's an awesome idea. Let's do it. And then I like, wait, um, but a lot has happened. COVID's happened. Um, the last time we talked was during George Floyd and that was really, uh, powerful just to hear your heart. I'm so amazed, um, by your heart, by your intelligence, by your, your wisdom. Um, and then just also how, you know, you have an incredible story and like, um, and there's just so many, so many more for you. Um, but it's just, it's kind of an, a story that kind of shows you that the enemy wants to destroy, kill and destroy and separate and divide and, 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 and sort of like accuse and make us feel like aliens and all this weirdo stuff. And then, but God's love is, is like really good, but it's hard to get through all of that in order to just feel his pure love. Um, and so um, I'm just going to like uh, catch them up real quick. But I met Bodhi about a year ago, probably, no, a little bit more than a year ago, because it was when I first started at um, uh, Supernatural Ministry School, uh, GCSSM NYC. Woo. Um, and it was like really amazing because... I was not really in a season of like outreach. I was always like an outreach guy, but that season I really was focused on like a, a sort of business that I was helping my friend to do. I'm not part of it anymore, but um, uh, I wasn't really like, it, it's kind of crazy because when you're known for that, like you can really like use that to make yourself feel good. Like I'm good, like I help people or I look to help people or something. But the truth is, is that I really just wanted to learn from this school to grow and like really work on myself. Like I really, <laughs> it's like some of the most selfish parts of my life. So, um, but sometimes selfishness can be good. So anyway, this day I met, um, at that time I thought his name was Shosani because you would tell me that your name was Shosani. And we, we met and you were outside the, um... Actually, you know what would be cool? Why don't why don't you tell what how did that experience go for you? And then I'll just like piggyback off of that cuz I've shared what I felt it was like for me and that was just a monologue. But now now we have you. So like why don't you share what that was like and then I'll piggyback off it. Yeah, um going back to the day we met. I'd been in the city walking around um the night before, actually, I slept in in this alley in Bowery under like a chair. Um, I was it was pretty rough. I was feeling terrible, so so lost, so directionless, so um, just just unable to to cope with where I was or who I was or what I had done or how did I get here? And I felt like I needed I needed a place to to stay or. or get my bearings or, or some kind of kindness because I felt so lost and 
I ended up uh, walking around. Um, I was actually trying to get back to Times Square. Oh wow! Which is very, which I was very off, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you're like the Lower East Side. <laughs> yeah, like right off. <laughs> but at that point, I hadn't slept for you know, or had like a sleep sleep. You know, I I napped on and off, and it was um, wow. It was getting late, and I was walking down the street, and it was dark and. I was cold and and I felt so alone, like more alone than I had ever been wow. in, in my life. And I looked up uh, at the sky and you know it was dark down the street and I saw this light like far away. And I kept walking and it, you know it was a cross and in in the sky. And I was like, what what is this? And I walked closer and closer and it ended up being the sign for you know the place. Wow. Which it almost, it almost was calling to me in a way, which was, you know, amazing to me. And looking back in the now feels, you know, like it was, it really was meant to happen. Wow. Come on. Yeah, so I walked up, (laughs) I walked up to, to, uh, to you guys and I asked if, um, you knew a place where I could spend the night or or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and at first I was I was pretty nervous. I thought I was I was just gonna walk away after, you know. But you guys all circled around me and, and prayed for me, and that made me feel more in tune with with less of who I was and more of what the world is, or, or world, or people, or whatever. Some sort of energy that wasn't totally me. And I felt like there was a reason I was there at that time to listen to you guys. And so I stayed and, and uh, um, you guys helped me out. I got in the car. Uh, was it Demo's car? Or yeah, it was Demo's car. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And Great memory. you guys prayed, prayed for me and, and converted me. And it was, it was really an amazing experience because I felt like at that point it was so... You know what a an impossible situation for me to be in. That it it felt like it was I was led there. You know I have no doubt in my mind I was led to that point at that time. My life. Wow. And yeah, I um I took the train with you and I slept over at, at your apartment. The next day you gave me directions, and I went to meet up with my father and my brother. And we went back to their hotel. And um, the next day, I was admitted to Bellevue Bellevue Hospital mm-hmm. in Manhattan. You know where that is? Yeah, the one on yeah. 30th and 1st. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which really was, it being in there was definitely the lowest I've ever been. Lower than I was at any time before. Yeah. Wow. But um, it really helped me. It helped me realize that there's a reason for this. Or I need to be here. It really brought back my faith in needing to be alive, needing to live, not just for me, but, you know, for God and and for others. Wow. Wow. Man, thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. And then we can go go forward from there. But um, as we take a pivot real quick, uh, it was wild. um, Man, listening to you. um, Yeah, I remember. And um, and we went we went to like four places 
to try and um find a, a good a good fit for yeah, you yeah and then and then so this is what happened is that by the fourth place like crossroads or some roads um we uh we found out we were like how old are you and how old were you <laughs> i was uh, 16 at the time <laughs> you were 16 bro i was losing it i was like oh my god lord jesus <laughs> and i was like help us i was like because because you know it could be it could be really crazy you know what i mean um it could be really bad, you know, because you're, you're, you're like a young, like a minor, you know? And, um, and so I was just so happy because, um, you know, I'm on, I've always been on the side of like kind of the runaway and the person that, that is sort of like saying like, Hey, this stuff is happening. Like I need to get away like a misfit kind of thing. And, um, but because of Demo and the other people that were in the car, you know, I, uh, I, I had to trust him because he's my friend and he's a dad. And so I had to trust him because when he suggested that you call your parents, like I was really, I was really wrestling with that at first, actually, because I was like, what if your parents are like, like not treating you well? You know, what if we're like bringing you back into a harmful situation again? And I was just like really praying like, God, what do I do? What do I do? And I was just so happy that when your parents got on the phone, they were so it's nine o'clock happy they were so happy to hear your voice and it just really it was like whoa like man i'm just gonna trust however this goes because you know you hear so many stories of like broken families and kids running away and stuff but you don't really hear about um kids that maybe run away but their families really love them and there's just a lack of connection, a lack of communication. And so that night was really wild for me. It really it really changed my perspective on family. It changed my perspective on kids, especially like your age group and stuff like. So so from there, you know, um I thank you for for trusting us as much as we trusted you. And and it and it just worked out and then it was like we need to you know we're not finding anywhere to go so i just thank god that i had some space and then when you were able to go we were able to like go over the books that were in your bag the tolstoy and kierkegaard and i was like this guy's waiting kierkegaard he's 16 years old <laughs> like i was amazed because you and then that's when you said your name is Bodhi, and it was really powerful because i believe you said that says something that meant like seeking knowledge or like Something, right? What, yeah, what does Bodhi that mean? is uh, actually Sanskrit. It's um from the Buddhist religion. Wow. And my dad was very into Buddhism and stuff. Yeah. And um it was uh it means like to wake up to to your true self or to know wow. to know to be one with more than just, you know, wow. you. Wow. Which is you know, is a very heavy uh, expectation to live up to for any person, you yeah. know, especially if it's your own name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. But I mean, I think it's so amazing because like, I felt like that night was the first step in you getting to know your true self. Right? And like, on this path of like, healing, wholeness, health, but also like, embracing like, who you are, like the artist, you know, the creative, 
the the I feel like honestly like I felt like you were so free even though you were you know going through a situation that that needed health that needed support you know from like um a more clinical perspective you know um but I just I was just amazed because you know I'm I'm 42 years old and my times of like doing outreach at CBGB's and like punk shows it's like really like you know kind of past me but I've always had a heart for kids I've always had a heart for for young men and 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 just people in general anyone really people in general but especially like I feel like outcasts like misfits you know and um and so when when the more I heard your story the more I was like wow this kid is amazing this kid like the like he just hasn't heard like he hasn't been affirmed that he's awesome like that he's really awesome that like man this kid's smart man like I don't know if his teachers are really paying attention but it wasn't that you were like bad in school or anything it was like um if you don't mind like could you share a little bit because I feel like your story is not just helpful for people that like to listen to podcasts or Jesus um but it's actually really helpful for folks that are wrestling with like mental health issues identity issues um really like realizing that they're different um and then being supported you know that 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 being um creative is good it's a beautiful thing and that we can learn a lot from it so if you could like explain a little bit um when we were on the train we connected over like Kurt Cobain wearing a dress and like Nirvana and um I talked about how when I was like 16 and stuff I I wrestled with different things when I saw Kurt Cobain wear a dress it, it just made me feel like um I can identify with him like he's a weirdo like he's out there too and um and and if you could just like sort of maybe talk a little bit about um basically what you said to me if you don't remember is is that you were like I came here to be as weird as I can um to do drugs and um to you know use the rest of my savings and go out with a bang and then your ultimate plan was to take your own life and and um and I'm so glad you didn't and then and we can we'll talk about yeah amen so like um yeah so like maybe like maybe um talk about that like that sort of like I don't it's not dysphoria but it's sort of like there was there was like a struggle you know a struggle there but also like understanding you're creative and you're smart you know yeah yeah I think um you know my especially being from you know Weymouth which is a fairly small town with uh you know not the best education best resources or anything I always felt like everything that I was trying to do or who I was was never valued or it was never enough and I you know despite my I, I may have acted very confident because I personally am, am good at orating and speaking but I felt in my soul I was very little you know and I was I was less I felt like I was running away and and losing you know the potential that I could have had I 
was everyone I was around. Um, I felt like only knew a side of me that wasn't who I was. You know, I, I had so many other dimensions to well, who I was as a human being that wasn't, you know, I felt like I was just a clown or, or I was putting on makeup every time I went went to a place, a persona, a, a thing that I wasn't. Wow. And it got so stifling to the point where I I was so done with everything. I was willing to to never see anyone I had never known ever again. Um, to give up all all comforts that I had in my life, um, and leave it all behind to to try and find who is Bodhi. Why why do I feel like this? Is there anything that makes me, you know, what what is Basically, I thought I can't be the only one that that is like this. I there's I don't think there's something wrong with me. I think there's something wrong with where I am. You know, mm-hmm. it's run by by people who don't realize that it's a good thing or it's 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 a good thing to to try new things or to to not care about what another person will say about what you do to fully develop and and you know, explore what it means to be an artist, to be a person, to be a human, to to exist, you know? And, and I wasn't doing that. And at the same time, I had uh, I'd had several relationships in my life with, with family and friends that made me feel like I wasn't worth anything. And I wanted to find, you know, to, to just, if I was really, this worthless mm. like what why am I even here at all you know, that's why I, I want to play in the first place wow yeah man thank you so much for sharing that it's like I'm I'm just um you know give me grace but I just I'm amazed and that's why I'm I'm just amazed and I feel like God is saying like listen listen to this generation listen to this generation because I feel like with all the information and with all the stuff and with all the sort of like pioneering that my generation and maybe like a generation after me and then you um like we've been pressing in for this sort of like soul care and self-help and like you know trigger warnings and everything right and and it's not an agenda as much as it's i mean it can be used as an agenda but it's 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 really about like we want to be fully human we, we want to be fully human and as a christian like i want to be fully human and i want to be fully christian you know so if like if i have outside the box ideas like i need space to be able to be me now when i think about being 16 years old and then being in part of this world and, and everything, it's like, in this timeline, I'm just like so amazed by you. It was like, you know, when you told me your story, I was like, oh, you're not dying. Like, you're not dying today. You're not dying tomorrow. The Bible says I will live and declare the goodness of the Lord. And and, and I just, I'm, I'm just so grateful because um, just hearing you share about that, it's like, um how how do you think knowing this might be like you know putting you on the spot but i just felt like as i was listening to you like how could we as older folks or like you know people leading youth ministries and things of that nature 
how could we um uh hear hear youth better and and come alongside them better and support them better you know what 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 you what would you have liked in that moment you know i'm I'm so thankful you're not there now but like i'm just saying then you know um i think the most the most important thing i wanted from uh you know an an older person or, or someone you know in that that age range or position was less of um you know almost a coddling this is what you know i less coddling and more understanding Mm -hmm. or i'm i was so turned off by people not listening and always saying you know this is what i went through um so your your experiences aren't as valuable or almost using my pain as a crutch for them to explain their woes in their in their life wow i think that's that's something people don't really realize is when you're trying to when you really truly want to listen to someone you listen you sit there uh you absorb everything they say you know and try to not pass judgment try to not you know interject with any anything till till they're fully you know got it out of them and only then should you know should you say something that you think will help you know it's the only goal when another person is struggling is is to help you know when 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 someone falls your only instinct should be pick them up not is anyone around to watch me pick them up so I look good, you know? Wow. Wow. Especially um, with people struggling, it's a very internal journey, you know? It's a, it's almost, I always find it, it's a testing of, you know, I think God is testing you as a person if you have these, these problems in, in your life. And, wow. you know, it's almost a personal journey he's almost testing you because he he loves you and he knows this will this will change you yeah wow i don't know it might not make any sense but no i i think it made a lot of sense like you can tell me if i'm I'm picking it up correctly or not but it sounds like what you're saying is that like you know if when you're sharing or when you're sharing something that you're like going through wrestling with in your development as a young as a young person and and maturing into a young adult and then on an adult it's like imperative that we that we take the time to fully listen like to active listen um to your heart and not dismiss it as as like a phase or as as something that you know you're just going through and like I went through the same thing in the 90s it's like no like I'm going through something and you had your day but like this is what I'm going through and this is 2000 something and this is what it looks like for me now and it looks also different because I'm like differently gifted you know and so I need to be like honored loved appreciated and even um challenged according to my gifting you know and I love that you shared that because it makes me makes me really think are we taking time to really see people's gifting are we really taking time to see people's, um, like, 
gifts, yeah. Yeah, it felt like I was knocking on everyone's door and they didn't give me the time of day. They wouldn't open the door for me and, and listen, you know. But in the very back of my head, someone was knocking on my door and I wasn't letting them in until I met you guys, you know, which wow. was God. Wow. Because I always felt there was something missing or something I, I needed to seek or, or something I wasn't ready for. That, that was calling me and I felt like it finally clicked you know when I when I had you know ran away man what was that like what was that like like uh, you said you slept under a chair in a bow- in the Bowery yeah yeah I um that the night before I met you guys was really crazy for me um it it, it almost sounds like it almost sounds fake, but I tell people they're always like, "This actually happened." Wow. So I was, um, I was in Bowery. I I wanted to eat like some Chinese food, and I um, I stopped at some place, and I I didn't have any money, so I asked um this this French tourist couple for their their uh, leftovers. I just ate them there, and then I waited outside of the. Yeah, restaurant and people coming out would give me their leftovers and I'd eat them wow. and then I tried to fall asleep and I couldn't fall asleep uh, because it was really uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> I was lying on my backpack under chairs in the street and I couldn't fall asleep so I decided to keep walking I kept walking around and I ended up uh, taking the train back to Times Square again because that was the place I had been selling drawings, you know, uh, the day before. And I, at that point, I was so desperate for any sort of relief from, you know, pain or, or anything. I couldn't fall asleep, so I needed a way to fall asleep. And the only way I knew at that time was, was marijuana. And so I bought some marijuana for this really shady-looking guy in this, like, walking around Times Square and I couldn't I didn't have anything to smoke it with so I went to the 7-Eleven and I uh, I went in it and they wouldn't sell me any lighters or anything wow. but this other this guy who was in the line said uh, wait outside so I wait outside and this this large Indian man came out and he said I'll give you the light and as he was lighting um, this police woman walked by and she looked at me and I, I was really nervous and very paranoid at the time. Mm. So I dropped everything I had and I ran. And I ran down the street really fast and I tripped and I heard this car pull up and it was going Vrr! And I looked and I was like, oh, it's over now. But it wasn't the police lady. It was, it was the Indian guy. And he said, get in. Whoa. So I, ju- <laughs> I jumped in his car and it turned out he was uh, one of those like delivery guys who delivered like Grubhub or whatever, like the food people. Wow. And he was driving around the city and we drove around all night and I told him, you know, about my struggles and he told me something I'll never forget. He said, uh, people in your life are, are like, uh, you're like, you're, I'm, he said that I was like a bus stop and people in my life were like buses. Mm. Uh, the buses come, they stay for a while and then they go and the bus stop doesn't chase after the bus because another bus will come, you know, and that really hit me because I, I had been 
chasing after people in my life that didn't didn't want me around and I didn't yeah. realize that there's always another bus that will come and it might actually value you as a person wow so he dropped me off at a corner at like five in the morning and then I walked to Central Park that day and then eventually I met you guys later in the day <sighs> wow bro Man, that could have been so something else. That could have been so crazy, man. <laughs> something really bad could have happened. Really bad, yeah. bro. Like, really bad. Because I, I almost think it was like he was like an angel or something. You know, it doesn't feel real. It feels too amazing. I mean, you know, the book of Hebrews talks about how we sometimes can entertain angels unaware. And uh, so some people believe that, that that possibly can be like human beings sometimes like angels take on the form of like a human being um man i i just i feel like wow god really really was watching over you and covering you man god bro i'm so glad you're okay yeah <laughs> i'm like I think about i'm losing it because when i met you i was like not like a father type guy now i'm now i'm like a year older I've been through some more stuff, grown more with God and people, and now I'm like, oh, I want to be a dad. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, oh, yes. my God. You know what I mean? I'm, like, thinking about your parents. I'm thinking, like, Demo, you know? So, um, God, thank you. Let's just take a moment to say thank you, Jesus, for taking care of Bodhi. Thank you. Um, yeah, so that's really wild. I love what he said to you. I love that. I love that, um, like, this stranger uh, looked out for you, and he turned out to not be a stranger. He kind of turned out to be a neighbor, very similar to what Jesus did when he talked about who was your neighbor, and he described, he described the Samaritan person. You know, the Samaritans were actually, like, enemies of the Jews. and um, But Jesus said the one who was your um, neighbor was the Samaritan because the Samaritan like saw this person being beat up and taken advantage of and the Samaritan took care of them and um, made sure that they were well and then went to the furthest extent of telling the person who owns the inn where this person was staying that if there's any expenses that exceed how much I've given you I will come back and pay that as well so it's like being a neighbor really means like you know caring for people showing compassion and I was, um, so when I first moved to New York, uh, you know, I was homeless for a while and I lived in shelters and, um, and man, I met a lot of people that were kind to me and like helped me and steer me. And then I met people in New York that were just like, get it together, you know, <laughs> like, like it's not my problem. And then, uh, but like, I just, uh, I love that about God. I, I know that sometimes I would. I think I shared this with you when I met you, but sometimes I really would think that, that, you know, God sent me to New York to starve to death, you know, and I would, um, you know, and I don't look like I'm doing that well, this beard's crazy, but um, I walked to the water, I'd walk to the water because I was staying in Bellevue at the time, uh, right next to it, that like castle, that Dracula looking place. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where I was staying, and um, it was crazy, the whole building is just like an ashtray. And so <laughs> it's, like, it's like 
it's crazy. It was like, I would be like trying to like keep it clean. And then it's like, no, I might as well just put my, like people are smoking cigarettes inside there. So it's like, you just put your cigarette out in a chair. Anyway, it's crazy. Um, so it's like, it's sad because there's, there's a lot of good people in there when I was there and they were victims to 9-11, you know, they were lawyers that lost everything. And, um, and I remember I'd walk to the water and I would sing, uh, this song by a gospel singer named Fred Hammond. And it said, um, um, every step of a righteous man is ordered by God. And, um, and then there was another, another song that he sang something about like, you know, being close to God or whatever. And I would cry and I would look at the water and I'd be like, God, did you bring me out here to starve? Like, why'd you bring me here? Why'd you bring me here? You know? Because I wanted to go to Florida and I wanted to go upstate, but I couldn't. My dad was on hard times. He was not in a good place, you know, and my parents were, you know, my mom and stuff. It's just not going to work out. So I was in New York and the only people I knew were like other people I knew from like, you know, getting in trouble. And, but the, luckily I had given my life to Jesus. They had given their lives to Jesus. And so we just tried to make it work. And um, so when one got a job, they would come and visit at the shelter. And when we got a job, we came and visit the other one at the shelter. <laughs> you know, and just like each one help one, you know. And um, it just it just goes to show that, like, I think New York sometimes gets a bad rap or, like, people are scared or whatever. You shouldn't be scared now. I mean, New York's like Disneyland. But um, just personally saying. Um, but, like, I feel like when people are going through stuff, uh, God provides a way. And um, I think it could have been like really bad, really bad. But God gave you grace and 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 he just preserved you until, um, you know, you met us. And I'm so grateful that, you know, it's so wild. Like, I, you know, I, I really I really just wanted to like find you a place to, to go. And then I. I mean, I was naive. I didn't know you were 16. I thought you were like 20-something. You know what I mean? I was like, what 16-year-old's going to be out here, you know? But I didn't know about trafficking. I didn't know about this stuff. Like, I, I knew bad things were happening, but I was just like, nah, not like that, you know? That's in, like, other countries. And, man, I've grown a lot. And um, so I'm just really grateful for that. And so, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm so grateful for that and... It's so wild, that story, because, okay, I'll give you this one story quick, and then we'll, we'll transition so we can, like, lead up to when you came back and, like, how awesome that was. And, um, so a long time ago, I was, like, you know, in trouble, and I was in jail, and, uh, I remember I used to do any drugs that were put in front of me, for the most part. Um, crack and those crazy stuff, like, not really, because that, that stuff scared me, because people's lives were, like totally messed up from those things but like heroin even though that messes up people and stuff it seemed like the rock and roll thing to do but i didn't do it thank god and but i would but like pills and things like that i I, I would do them so i'm like basically in jail i'm like not really been in jail before and like and like i'm just on a death sentence like i'm just like i don't care like i don't care if i die like all this crazy stuff i'm so depressed I feel so misunderstood. I feel like no one understands me. And I met this guy who's from like South Africa. It was a white dude from South Africa. 
and um they exist and um and he gave me these pills i think they were speed or something and i remember that night taking them and it being so so like at high like so crazy i thought my chest like i thought the, my heart was going to come out of my chest and just like explode you know and i remember like feeling like i don't want to be the, i don't want to be high anymore i don't want to be high anymore and i forced myself to throw up so then my my friend comes over he's a guy who's been in jail a lot and he's just like let me help this kid <laughs> and so because i was like 17 18 and so he's like bro what are you doing and I was like, ah, oh, I took, you know, took some pills, you know what I mean? It's, it's rough in here. He's like, are you crazy? He was like, you couldn't even move. Like, this guy could have took advantage of you. Like, you know how much crazy stuff could have happened? And I'm like, wow, this guy's like a criminal. But he's like a dad. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and I just was like totally oblivious. I was just like thinking like nothing of it. Like, I was just like, whatever. Like, I deserve it. Um, I thank God. He covered me in that place too, and he allowed me to be able to, to come to know him and, and and change and continually grow. And I'm still growing and still learning, but um, it's so beautiful. I'm so glad to hear that God covered you and protected you, man. I had no idea, and I totally get what you're saying. Like I think also too, like I think there's a part of you had to admit. That, like, when you saw the cop and you dropped everything, you were like, maybe this life isn't for me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think, um, at that point, I was so, um, on bare bones instinct, mm. like, so flight or flight, mm. um, that I, I didn't even think about anything, you know, really. Wow. I, I had been so delirious because before I'd run away, I'd, I'd been really you know, paranoid, and I, uh, I had stayed up, you know, the week before, too. Wow. So, at the, by the time I was, you know, I wasn't quite seeing things, but it was, like, almost out of body, in a way. Dang. I don't know how to describe it. Wow. Like, you're on autopilot. So, even, like, the slightest, like, thing that was, yeah, I thought perceived as a threat, I freak out about yeah <laughs> yeah you're you're probably your senses were just like like on overdrive you know because yeah. like you're 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 sleep deprived it was like i was so focused but at the same time so intensely scrambled i don't know how to describe it wow you wow know? you also mentioned too when we were on the train that you had gone off your medication like that you were taking medication but that you went off of it um i know that other people can relate to that like what was that like for you and um this it's funny this is not where i wanted to go but i think we should um what about and and so now like maybe this is when you should maybe talk about like post bellevue and and sort of like that so i i um after went to bellevue I had gotten a lot more depressed in there. Okay. So, finally, after three and a half or four weeks around then, um, they sent me over to this hospital called McLean Hospital in back to Massachusetts. Wow. And that was when I was in there. That was when I really started to to um, 
calm down enough to try and get better. Okay. Because in Bellevue, I was still really frightened because I was in a mixed ward. Mm. There's a lot of kids in there that were, you know, violent and and it was very, you know, I was very on edge. Yeah. They wouldn't tell me when I would leave, so I was constantly, like, really paranoid. And I yeah. thought if I did any, the slightest thing out of line, like, they would keep me there longer. Because, um, it's like, uh, it's like when, it's like if you went, um, someone said, go run as far as you can right now. Um, you probably wouldn't, you know, you probably go like three or four miles. I personally would. But if someone said, go run six miles, at least you have an end, you know, mm. you're going to run that distance and you can actually get farther. When you don't know what the end is, it makes every struggle so much harder and hopelessness is so much more prevalent so Mm. when i was in there it was so hopeless Mm. and i remember i had the lowest day of my life i sat in my um in my bed in in the in my room and i just laid there and i stared at the ceiling i couldn't move i was so upset and and i just kept um hugging my pillow and hoping you know what that that I would be okay you know yeah but um if we what was the original question oh <laughs> medication yes okay yeah. um so anyway, like first so, like first like um like like uh um when I met you and then like coming off medication and, and why you felt you wanted to do that in a way like that sort of problem and then so getting just, on it and and sort of like seeing the benefits of it you know or 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 whatever however you got healthy you know yeah so i think um a very common uh feeling uh, at least from people i've talked to youth with medication is that you want to get off it because you don't feel real anymore you feel like you're dependent on a a thing and you're not in tune with who who you are and you can't grow and develop you know your your character a person and that's why i came off in the first place wow because i felt like it was cheating me out of life and um when i was in mclean they put me on another medication called abilify and that was the worst medication I've ever been on in my life. Really? Um, I couldn't think. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't do things. My appetite, my weight gain went through the roof. I, I couldn't run anymore. I I felt like a, a, a walking vegetable. Wow. You know, in the state of not living. It was just, it was the opposite of peace. It was so, it was just pain and so I got off for that after I came pan actually um, where I had one after the hospital uh, for you know some some rest which the med had made it hard to rest there too was um, the just real quick was the um was the doctors receptive to you when you were saying you're you're not having beneficial responses to the meds um so I was scared to tell them because um at that point, I developed a very uh, insane fear of anything to do with medical personnel. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. I was afraid to tell them anything, but finally I told my mom, I, I can't do this anymore. This is ruining my life. 
Mm. And so he called the doctor and did all the hard stuff for me. Okay. <laughs> so cool. I got off of that. But I was I was still on a Prozac at the time, which is for depression. And um, I was just on that for a while. And I I um, was recently put on another med, which was has been the best state I've been in in a long time. Mm. And um, I think what people need to hear is uh, don't be afraid of, of all meds, you know. Uh, be very afraid of the ones that make you feel less you mm. and immediately stop. But if it's something that um, allows you to, to um, you know, get out of bed every day, it's not, it's not evil, you know. Wow. Really appreciate that. Mm. We appreciate because you I think that. People don't really realize the technical aspect of, of mental health is it is, you know, everything in, in your brain is, is chemicals. And if your chemical balance is off, it's, it's not something you can just say, just fight through it, you know. You, you might need an actual thing, you know. Like if you, if you get a cut and, you know, you don't get it stitched up, mm-hmm. that it heals worse, you know. Yeah. yeah. I think people should look at it like that where it's it's almost like you know when when you're sick you you take a med to feel better you know when you're mm-hmm. sick in the, in the head you should help that but not at the expense of who you are as a person mm. because i think um as creatives we almost use our chaotic mood swings or energy sometimes to to channel it into art and and I think that was a problem I had a lot was um, wow. I'd be having a really terrible time, but I'd be so scared of losing a creative edge because of that horrible time that was feeding into the art that I I wouldn't do meds, you know. Gotcha. Totally gotcha. I feel like Kanye said this on the Joe Rogan podcast just the other day, like why he um, didn't want to like get help was because he uh, he thought it would like tarnish his creative ability because he said when he was on it he didn't feel human and um, yeah it, that's exactly how I, I describe it too um, but uh, I think as as artists we often get consumed by our art you know if if you look at I mean, Jackson Pollock or yeah or, you know a lot of these guys Basquiat. Um, Kirk Cobain's you almost get consumed by the art and it literally kills you mm. to live to have the energy of, of humanity channeling through you as an artist you know burns you up sometimes wow yeah man that, that's really good um, I said, um oh sorry no no go go ahead I'm just yeah, on, I, I'm just gonna plug in my computer real quick yeah, one of my favorite uh, writers, J.D. Salinger, uh, from New York City. <laughs> um, he has won a book called Seymour, uh, an Introduction, and it describes how the art, you know, consumes an artist, and, it, you know, and I, that really resonated with me because his his books are, are about New York, you know, and about, and it almost feels like it's, it really resonates with me as someone who 
you know, was aimless in New York, like, 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 uh, like the catcher in the rye, you know? Mm, yeah. And, and it really, it really hits in a special way because he, he has such an energy as an, as a writer that, that it almost makes you think like, you know, I feel like as artists, sometimes we're not even, we're just vessels for, for art to live through us mm. more than, than people wow. sometimes. I don't know if that makes any sense, but yeah, yeah. Break that down. <clears throat> yeah. Like when I, when I play the piano, sometimes I feel like it's playing me or you play I the piano. Oh yeah, my piano's right here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, bro, you're so talented, bro. <laughs> man, the devil's a liar. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> or like, yeah, or like when I'm drawing, it's almost like um, if I pay attention too much, it ruins it because it's almost not me doing it. It's it's like it's a force, you know. Hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. It's funny because I feel like what you're experiencing, so you're 17 now? Or 18? Okay, 17. And then I'm 42. And just a couple of years ago, um, before I, I started, like, you know, really thinking about my walk with God again and really going through, like, a, um, healing um, from some life experiences and stuff, I um, I often would think that um that drinking heavily smoking um these different things that i used to not do um because i identified as straight edge and all this stuff um but because now i i felt like i was no longer like having convictions i felt like the more i went into sin or whatever like using and not using but just like drinking and these kinds of things i would often think that it's what's it's helping me to develop my like theology. It's helping me to become a better writer, to become a better author. I would watch shows like Californication. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but like I mean it's kind of like a crazy show. But the writer, David Duchovny, he he only can write what he's experienced. So he lives this crazy cavalier lifestyle, but yet he's in love with one woman, even though he's with tons. But, like, he, he, he's, like, sort of um, committed to one person in his heart. And at the same time, he can't write unless it's, like, kind of, like, what he's actually doing. And I felt that way. I was, like, I have no passion. Like, I need to live this way. Like, like I won't be able to write if I, like, stop going to bars. Like, I, you know, stop being involved in, like, all this stuff. And then what was really funny is that a few years later like now um it's like all coming together but it's so much more clear and and um focused you know and it it is like i can still write that way you know but it's a little different but um i'd rather be healthy than than like some famous writer who has no peace you know yeah yeah i think um i think especially in america it's conditioned that success success is the only goal mm. and i think being happy is there being being self-fulfilled is um almost more noble in a way i don't know how, how to truly explain yeah, bro. it yeah 
happiness. You know, because I think it's a good thing. You, if you can do it, you know, if you can do it while you're on a substance, it still exists in you when you're sober as well. Dude. You know, um, <laughs> dude, it's, you're, so, it's you're so wise, bro. You're like seventeen. <laughs> it's amazing. It's still everyone there. who's older I'll... take notice. <laughs> because um you know uh a sub substances can unlock different parts of your brain you wouldn't normally use but at the end of the day it's still you know you still have the same brain yeah whether you're on something or not yeah. and you know i think you should you know do whatever will bring you happiness you know mm. and i think at the end of the day anyone who uses a substance at least with me and everyone i've known is doing it because they lack something and not because mm. you know they truly enjoy mm. at the end of the day you can tell yourself i really like doing this but i don't think i've ever met a single person who did the things they did you know because they they truly enjoyed it i think it was always to run away or to to deal with a real world problem you know wow so wise bro exactly exactly i felt the exact same way and i'm that person i literally realized so i I, one of the small examples but it's a real example because cigarettes is so addictive like i wasn't like really like doing drugs i'd smoke weed every once in a while but when i when i stopped smoking cigarettes I was like, you know, I had tried stopping before. I even went 10 years for a while, you know, when I was straight edge. And um, and then um, I just I just sort of stopped. And then I was like, oh, one day I was like, oh, I haven't had a cigarette in like a few, few days or a few weeks, right? It turned out that I was like, when's the last time I had a cigarette? It turned out it was three months. And I was like, what? Wow. What? Um man what changed what changed and i realized in that moment i realized in that moment i'm happy i'm happy and you know i was part of my church community i god was doing so much i was like so happy i was finally being me i was finally being me you know caring about what i care about standing for people i i stand for but being me being christian you know being i believe in god i'm a corny evangelical it's just who I am, right? But at the same time, um, I found happiness. I found contentness. And I was like, all those other times I tried to quit, even when I was straight edge, I wasn't happy. I was never happy. So I always ended up going back. And I said this to my roommate just the other day. And he said, yeah, same thing for me. When I realized like what I had, I no longer was really tempted with like abusive drinking or smoking cigarettes anymore. And it was because like, I felt like I had finally, finally come in contact with something that meets my needs. And it was God, you know? Yeah, I think um, it's very important to not just stop something, but to replace it with Mm. something else. Dude, you're so wild. <laughs> People are going to beat me up. Like They're going to be like, yo, shut up. <laughs> but like, that's so right, man. Dude, I, I like, it's so amazing. Because I didn't learn this since I was like 30-something. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm really happy for you. And I think it's also important to, to 
which is just like I really just like to encourage you but also not to just um I think sometimes we do people a disservice whether they're young or older um with just saying like how awesome they are and not and not like being genuine in the sense of like man keep going like keep doing what you're doing and if and if you come to struggle you know reach out you know what I mean or if you know as you were reaching out during um when George Floyd was murdered you know and and yeah you know you were like yo can you talk you know what I mean because of like just everything and Christianity and like <sighs> amen yeah, yeah. I mean, we could probably talk about that too but um uh that was really powerful and amazing because you you um you you saw God move in the other areas but you're like why isn't God moving in this area you know and and it became less it became like you're taking care of you but that's not where it ends now that you're taking care of yourself like you can help take care of others too or care about others from a whole place and um at, at 17 that's really amazing and I feel like I'm seeing that a lot like I work with some 20 something year olds and uh, being like a barista but um I'm really amazed like I I I, I keep telling people, I keep telling people in church, I keep telling people around me, I'm like, stop sleeping on the on the younger generation, man. They know what's popping, man. That's why they're not, like, turned on to, like, what you're saying, man. Because they're just like, uh-huh, yeah, we heard about that. Yeah, you had your glory days. But, like, we're doing this. And I, I love that, like, one of the things I, I noticed about, like, um your generation is, like, you're very, like, Okay, cool. That's what's happening. All right, we're going to go do it. Like you produce, you produce content, you produce um, artistic expression, you, you're actually producing. And I think like older folks, we don't, we don't recognize it because it's not the production that we want or that we did. But like the, the sooner we come around y'all and support you and, and, um, and yeah, you know, and just your input, your, I'm just, it's, like, really cool, so, anyway, I wanted to, um, like, uh, so, moving forward, to sort of, like, say, this is also awesome, like, you've shared, I think this is gonna help so many people that, like, listen, like, your story is really powerful, man, and I know you have good friends, I know, like, when you, when you said, listen to this episode, like, the last one, like, it was, like, most episodes I ever had, the most listens I've ever had, I was, like, wow, I was, like, God, man, like, he's talented, he's a special kid, but he's also, like, has influence, you're a leader, bro, you're a leader, and I said that on the train, I was, like, you're a leader, that's why you stand out, that's why you felt like it never, like, it never made sense, or, like, you, you were misunderstood, because you were meant to lead, um just people take people when people are not leaders it takes them time to to realize that they need to follow and so they become a little more leader like you know i think all of us can become leaders but like we have to be a follower first and then like you did that but earlier like you were ahead and um and like when i was a kid when i was younger and still to this day i feel like you're always going to be searching and growing but like when i was younger i was always like I don't know, cats were learning about, like, math or whatever. And I wasn't good at math. I know how to count a register back to 300, though. 
But um, <laughs> I was like, I know how to keep that drawer good for the restaurant, but like um, or the or the coffee shop. But um, I just like, uh, I was just sort of like, why are my parents divorced? Why is it like this? Why do I think this way? Why am I just like angry? And and I knew there was some internal turmoil going on inside me. Didn't have the vocabulary words to express it. Didn't know how to tell anyone. Didn't trust anyone. But I knew what was happening inside me. And when I got older and I learned the words, I was like, whoa. I knew what was going on. And people know. We just, I think how we can come alongside people is like, give them the words. Like, and I think that's what social work should do and counselors should do. But at least in the past, I felt like, social workers and counselors were sort of predatory but um i pray that they're they're changing and they're growing but um i wanted to talk about um so cool so now you've gone through bethel you're now at um not bethel um um that's a church um <laughs> bellevue um and then um it's called mckellen or mckellen uh, mclean mclean yeah now you go through mclean um now um talk about how you now you're experiencing like being able to work on like getting healthier or at least like respond to the treatment and 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 find peace and then your family and then i guess you could lean that into like coming back to new york or going back to school how did that transition happen because i i really think it's i really think it's important i mean you know yeah if you want to what people don't realize are almost media or things you read or something is it it's not a quick i'm better now it's not a quick i'm okay it's a very long slow process that that may feel like you're not getting anywhere you know and when i came back i um when i got out of mclean i um, one second bro. oh yeah um, yeah, yeah, sorry, recording, okay, awesome, just getting a coffee, <laughs> okay, yeah, when I, uh, <laughs> when I came back from McLean, I went straight to Japan thinking, oh, I'll have a couple weeks of rest and then I'll be all right, and I came back, and that whole summer, I still felt very, almost, uh, I read a book, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. Um, Whoa. They uh, described it as shell shock. That, that is the perfect way to describe it. And um, I recently read a book called, uh, what was it called? Um, it was by Huey Newton. It was uh, an autobiography. And he described coming out of jail the first time. And that sense of distortion or, or removal or alienation from from society and people and reality Mm -hmm. and the lack of a schedule the lack of you know a complete and utter dominant authority over you telling you your every move it can feel very disorienting even though in a natural state you shouldn't be you know you shouldn't be forced around it's almost like i felt like an animal coming out of a zoo you know you've been in the zoo and you're in the wild all of a sudden, just thrown in the wild, you know, and you have to fend for yourself. And it felt very, you know, alienating and very disorienting. 
so it took me a while to get back to a state of, you know, you know, uh, almost sanity in a way, or what I consider to be a good place, you know, and it, all, that whole summer I was pretty off. Um, I went to see you guys, which was the best part of my summer, honestly. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. And that was really, that was a very healing step to go back to the place that I had been and that I caused my family, you know, so much panic and, and myself and really experience it again and, and be like, wow, we're here now, we're all together, we're safe, you know, wow. we, can, we can enjoy. And it was, that was amazing. I think that was very helpful. Um, but in September, when I school had started again my junior year, I had another slip up and I ended up in the hospital again for a week. And I think it's very important as a message to other people is just because you slipped up does not mean you're averting, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was very important for me to tell myself, hey, we went backwards a little bit. That doesn't mean we're back in the place we were, mm-hmm. you know. Mm. where we ran away where it, you know we're still improving and you can't just exponentially grow up you know sometimes you fall a little bit doesn't wow. mean you roll all the way down the hill mm. and coming back from that uh, having you know the rest of the year and then quarantine um, was finally quarantine was finally a place where I could completely and utterly rest you know, complete isolation from everyone. No work, no anything, no no one else. I recently um, ended a relationship with someone, um, and I finally, finally could rest after all this time. And that's when I could finally rebuild myself as a person mm. and, and really think, what do I believe in? Start reading again, start drawing. I... Um, I created uh, about 20 or so pieces of work, and I had an art show recently. Um, I wrote music. I, I, you know, I explored what I believed philosophically, politically, you know, and and many other things. And it really, a real enrichment period of my life. And at the same time, I started protesting, helping people, you know, going out donating stuff like that and um really trying to say what is you know what is a change that that you know other people can experience and also i had gone through this i want to work so i want to work three times as hard to make sure that no one else has to experience this level of pain you know and that that's what really motivates me a lot of the time Mm. and i think coming to now where we are now i think i'm actually at a place where i feel very secure in who i am not afraid to say something that might be a little controversial to some people uh but truly you know makes me say hey this is a good thing you know and i think living without fear for the first time in a very long time is is a beautiful thing and i really you know i feel really good at this point in my life wow it's awesome it's really awesome man it's so good yeah. to hear that um 
Yeah. And it's for the first time in a while I can look back and look at what I've done and reflect, you know, and say, hey, I could have done this better without feeling like it was an attack on my entire, you know, person. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, bro. You're, you're, um, yeah, I feel like, yeah, go ahead. I think it's, I think a lot of things are less about becoming more or less and more about switching things around. You know, I don't think I'm less fragile. I think I'm fragile in the right parts. Hmm. You know? Wow. Explain that. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, fragile, old, you know, back in before, I feel like my ego, when someone said something about me or what I did or criticized what I had said, it hurt, you know, and really fragile. So I'd get into a defensive standpoint. Now I can kind of listen to what someone says and say, hey, I, I see what you mean. Um, I'm not going to get angry about it. And, you know, switch my, where I'm fragile to someone says, hey, I feel really, you know, terrible. And be more empathetic, more um, able to, to listen and more fragile in a sense that I, uh, I, I'm looked at as someone who, you can talk to instead of someone who criticizes you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It's the same with, I think, leaders and followers, too, because uh, as, you know, you described, I'm as much, I think I'm as much as a follower as a leader, mm-hmm. where I lead in many aspects, I follow in others, you know, mm-hmm. learning, yeah. the, learning it's the word, learning the word, or learning, um, you know, uh, about the environment or, or you know, systemic oppression or these things. I'm very much a follower, right. but I'm a leader in the sense that I can take what I followed and condense it so that other people can learn from my leadership, if that makes any sense. Absolutely, absolutely. I feel like, yeah, that's 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 why you read so much. You know, I, I, I was so impressed by that. Like, when we were on the train and your bag broke open, like you were opening your bag to like maybe change a hoodie or something um and um i feel like i feel like you were wearing a supreme hoodie i was like yo this dude's out here any rocking supreme <laughs> but um anyway uh i remember rachel was feeling that too she's like okay okay so um, yeah uh shout out to rachel um but um yeah uh yeah you were reading like wild stuff like I was like wow this guy's really searching and and it was it blew my mind that, that you were a kid it blew my mind and, and I feel so um, encouraged because I feel like the people who come around you the friendships you're gonna have they're gonna be really really great because you have this wisdom and insight because of your own journey that helps you to be able to have wisdom into someone else and and I feel like in my own life, I'm able to do that. And I, I love that uh, it doesn't matter how old you are. Wisdom is wisdom. You know what I mean? Like insight is insight. And uh, it just, I, I think you just grow in it more and more. And um, so, yeah, I just, I really appreciate like everything. I, I, 
I didn't really, I didn't know where we would go with the conversation, but I felt like I really just, I hope I, I gave you an opportunity to really just speak and share your heart and share your journey. Because it, it's, the more I listen to you, the more it's so encouraging. It just really makes me, so the other day I was at, I was at this like worship thing and um, it was really cool. We were like worshiping God and, and praying and praying for the country and everything and um a woman came up to me and she said uh we we broke into small groups and we took turns praying for our states but because like you you know i i don't just believe what i believe and like you know care about like four issues or one issue i like i'm invested you know um i've read like you know the books and everything and James Baldwin and and um and so I'm invested and and I, I really wanna see like change. You know what I mean? And so um so I was there and I was praying for these states that were represented with what I know about those states. And then so this lady comes up to me and I'm like yelling, I'm like, you know, blah 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 like like I I pray that that they would see beyond just like ending abortion, but that they would actually help families and set them up to win. So that like, that's not an option because they had the time and the space to choose and all these kinds of things, you know what I mean? Like, and, um, and, and so like, I, I've been growing more in like that sort of concern too. But, um, this lady comes up to me and she was like, are you, um, I just feel like you're called to be a youth pastor. Have you ever thought about being a pastor? <laughs> and I was like, uh, yeah. I was like, wow. And I was like, you know, I do, I love youth. You know, I, I used to do some things with like punk or whatever. And she's like, no, 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 no. I think, I think like you're called to like, the way you were praying was just like, I think like you're, you're called to like youth. And I was like, what? So it was just like, well, I was like, I got one guy, I got one friend. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got Bodhi. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, um, but, I, I really I'm really grateful um that we could be in your life that um that could be a turning point for you and your family. It was such an honor to meet your dad and your mom and your sister and um really just have my paradigm change. Have like your dad's love for you and your mom's love for you like you know shift in me to I think it really catapulted me into kind of growing into a man that could be a father you know um because at that that time when i met you i was a man who like you know would like to be married or have another shot you know um but i pretty much was still like single-minded and i wasn't really thinking about family i was thinking about me i was thinking about like systemic issues but like outside and after i met you i grew more and i i saw that like sort of getting involved in like these kinds of rescue missions for kids and and I was just like wow like there's more bodies like we gotta rescue them you know we gotta we gotta set them up so that they can become great and um and I, I really appreciate you because you I felt like you articulated um how we can be better how we can be better and how we can support each other and um so I guess I, I was like, is, is things good with your family and everything? Uh, yeah, we're we're pretty much back to a normal state, you know? Good, good. Well, as normal as we can be in, 
All right. You know? All right. Yeah. What's it? What's it, what's COVID like there? Um. So our town recently, actually today, uh, issued a warning. We're like in a red zone or whatever. Oh. Boston recently got put back on a red zone, which which it wasn't. It was nice, but now I can't go out, which stinks. Oh um, wow! So they're in quarantine again. Yeah. Wow. Which isn't fun, but I mean, I think at the end of the day. Our personal, you know, annoyances with not being able to do things are a little um, less important than, than human life, obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that, bro. I like that. I, I posted on Instagram today about um, dying daily and what that means to me is like, you know, I, um, I uh, sort of refuse or... Um, I, I, I don't obey my self-interest solely, but I, I, I look to the good for others. And so I look to the good for others, and I look to what's pleasing to God, and I die to myself. So, like, my own self-interest. Not, like, eating and drinking water. You know what I mean? Like, duh. But, yeah. like, you know, being selfish, being a jerk. And, um, so, um, yeah, um... I mean, I I I'm, I think I'm good. Um, if there was anything else you wanted to share, you go for it. But I think like, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I was thinking of two two things I wanted to share. Okay. Um, one is relating to uh, school and and people who have had to go to the hospital for mental or even you know breaking a leg or something and missing a lot of school. Sure. Um, just you know having bad grades does not define your intelligence mm. i i know i'm i i mean pretty intelligent i think um very and intelligent. my grades have <laughs> my grades have, have really slipped um due to a lot of things outside of my control and i think the most important thing you know f- for young people is to remember that you know there is always more you can continue to do there is not over because your term ended and you failed this class you know mm. that you can always continue to improve because at the end of the day what the most important thing for education is for you to connect with the world you know and and understand what it means to be human mm. and, and if you're not you know if you can accomplish that the great doesn't mean much to me yeah um the second thing is i was looking at my friend's rug during the summer <laughs> a weird weird uh segue but um <laughs> i was really close to it because i was really tired and i was almost falling asleep and i noticed that you can notice each um each uh like stitch in the rug and from very close up it was just a bunch of random you know nonsense and chaotic and ugly and I stood up and uh, I zoomed out and it looked like a beautiful pattern and I went back down and it really made me think I don't know what you know frame of mind I was in at the time but it made me think like it's almost as if people how people interact you know we're each like a stitch in it and it may look really chaotic but I think every person interacting with the other stitches which are other people, if you truly zoom out, makes it a beautiful, 
pattern that is makes sense and, and is is beautiful and I think if you zoom out far enough you know you zoom out all the problems of the world the world is a beautiful circle but wow you zoom out even farther the stars and space and, and everything and I think it's important to remember that we're all connected I, I truly believe that so everyone out there um you too um anyone listening uh please remember that everything you do affects everyone else and everything other people do affect you and things happen for a reason and um make sure to to have faith and and hope because hope will get you through to another day you know wow awesome that was great man that was so good man how um yeah so um how can i uh how can i pray for you so um and then we'll close out or like what um what's like on your heart that i could pray for or um anything like that actually actually no 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 something um prayer is important though um how can how can people support you like how can i support you and how can people support you and like your art and stuff like that so it's like if you wanted to say your Instagram or like your website or oh, what what you're up to. I mean, I don't have a website, but uh, my Instagram's just uh, my name, Bodhi Colwait, B O D H I K O L W A I T E. I'm gonna start posting more uh, art related stuff on there because I realized that that's a good way to promote it. Stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I'm gonna be making prints of some of my art soon. And so if anyone's interested, uh, other than that, just, you know, I, I always appreciate when people tell me, you know, improvements, not just, wow, this looks good. You know, mm. I, I really appreciate people say, Hey, you know, what does this mean? Why did you do it like this? Or, or even criticize the way I present a message because that's how I can learn how to do it better. You know? mm. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I feel the same about writing or, you know, the podcast, but mostly writing. Um, or videos. Still getting used to that, though. Um, okay. Cool. Um, so, you want me to, like, pray into that? Like, just, like, uh, you know, creative content and, like, good feedback and to grow grow more in your art? or. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Alright, um, Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you so much for Bodhi, Lord. I thank you so much, God, for him taking the time to do this episode. I love that, um, yeah, only, I feel like only in you and, like, true, true actual, like, you know, friendship can, like, a person, a younger person and an older person, like, you know, get along and, like, connect through art. And also through our story and our journey and um, and you, God, and like what you're able to do. So, God, I pray um, for Bodhi, Lord. I pray for his ability to continue to connect with people through art, through his prints, Lord, uh, through his music. I pray, God, that um, he would continue to grow in health and wisdom and insight. And I also pray, God, that he would continue to have fun and enjoy his life. Um, that when things get really serious or heady, that, um, he will be able to take the time to, to exit and like enjoy and just 
breathe or watch something it has nothing to do with what it is that he's sort of like thinking about or wants to see change in the world. I thank you, God, for his heart for justice. I thank you for his heart for compassion. And, um, yeah, and just like really his love for people. Um, I pray for his family, his mom and dad and his sister. And um, I just pray you continue to cover them and be with everyone in, in his town and in Boston, God. Um, I pray that we come out of this COVID ASAP. And, um, yeah, I just thank you once again for his life. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> awesome, bro. Well, I'm good on that, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Oh, um, one other thing, um, especially going into, you know, the near future with the election and everything. I think when you think a broad concept and and it's easy to get overwhelmed by how awful humanity seems to be. But what always, always, you know, brings my faith back is just walking down the block. Mm. The people you see, you it's beautiful that, that we even exist. So please, um, please remember that we're all people. Mm. So well said, bro. So well said. Man, yeah. Oh, man. It's like, that's a good segue. But, um... Yeah, I, I, people are awesome. People are awesome, and um, God is love, you know. And so, yeah, I encourage people too to, to think, think about love, think about, you know, small steps like talking to our neighbors, and um, and that regardless of how these elections turn out, that we still need to be a neighbor. We still need to love ourselves and love each other. And um, no matter who wins, um, really, like, uh, we can create another world. We can create an experience that supersedes policy, politics, legislation. Because hearts, like a heart change is so much more powerful than just a legislation change, although they're important. They're very important. So, you know, vote and also, like, be a part of your local your local politics as well because those are the ones you can actually really tangibly affect. Presidential ones are a little bit bigger, but the local ones, you actually can know your mayor. You could know uh, your representatives, like your, your district representatives, and you can put pressure on them. You know what I mean? Most people don't really show up to these meetings, so they just do what they think is best for this, for the town, you know. So, um, so I encourage that civic involvement super important. Um, it's the way we put our faith in action, and um, yeah, and then also like the change of a heart um, will have you live in a way that you want to see the world live. You know what I mean? So you lead by example before you even get the legislation passed. You know? Like, if you want to see equal rights for everyone, you should love people equally. You know? So, yeah, man, I love that. Thank you for saying sharing that. 17 years old, telling you to go vote. <laughs> I can't even vote in yeah. this election. Yeah, no, next next year. I was, I was, you know what's funny is that when I was 18... I was like, oh, I can vote, but I was like an anarchist, so I didn't vote. You know, and I didn't yeah, vote for forever, but 
I've been really, really getting involved in it as I, um, I think it's important as a Christian, but also like when I was, uh, not necessarily more identifying as an anarchist than a Christian, as I got more into the actual theories and, 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 and believing that it's, that it's possible, that made me so much more interested in politics because that really is the essence of these alternative theories it's like civic involvement being a part of it knowing your leaders knowing my police officers knowing 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 and then voting them out if they're not up to speed because but the only way we can is to not just like vote down the board which sometimes i i'm guilty of um it's like the more involved and more informed you are but don't make that your god but the more informed you are, the more you can make a, a, a concrete um, decision and also um, hold people accountable because you, you know what they're about. And then you can be like, hey, you said you were going to do this and you didn't do it. But a lot of us, like me and myself, um, I was guilty of like caring about a few things, but then saying generalizations. And actually, the role of, of being a citizen, the role of being um, a part of society and, and caring for your neighbor is actually the hard work of, like, finding out how these things work. And unfortunately, a lot of us don't figure that out till we have, like, a child. And then we're like, we want our child to have a best life. Well, we should have been thinking about that before that, you know? And then we could have, like, you know... Anyway, so I just appreciate you saying that, and you can't even vote. <laughs> yeah, well, I was—I've been learning a lot um, about anarchism, actually. Oh no! And, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I—I I think it's—it's it's really interesting um, the way they look at at violence because mm. to them, violence is anything that harms another person. So, you know, uh, landlords are violent because they don't let you have a human right of living. You know, or, or you know, not having access to healthcare is violence and stuff like that, which I thought was a very interesting way to look at if you are a person who believes in nonviolence, how to end all forms of violence. Anyway, that that's not a whole. Nother yeah, thing. that's another. This will be another episode, <laughs> but I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> so cool, man. All right, bro. Well, you have a great night. I love you, man. You you really Thank inspire you. me, bro. And um, just just keep going and reach out whenever you want, okay? Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. <clears throat> have a good night. You too. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know how to... I think, like, have you ever recorded... So I stopped recording. Oh, I'll just edit this audio. This is...